Another companion show of the old breed with Ethan Nagel. It's great to be here, Logan. Thanks for coming, man. Hell yeah. Down in Texas for a little bit. Yep. Kind of pulled you, been sending you all over the country over the last few months here. Absolutely. It's been awesome. Yeah. I can't complain. Like it's uh it's been a trip just working for Black Rifle. It's been, it's, it's, yeah, it's like a I want to say a dream come true because that sounds like really corny, but it's an awesome like. I mean, it's, it's awesome. music to my ears because we, as we were going through the the hiring president, Ethan just started with Black Rifle uh, as June. we're recording this yeah. in June. So, right. been jamming with us for like th- four months now, mm-hmm. and pretty much dove right into it. Uh, and I, you know, I try to do a good job of like you know giving <laughs> some pretty cool assignments uh, right out of the <laughs> gate. Uh, went to Alaska with Trevor. Yep, Trevor I did. Thompson. Yep. Um, that was, that was awesome. like. Two weeks after you started, I think it wasn't was. It? Yeah, Dude, it was a whirlwind getting hired on by you guys. Like, should I just start from there? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'll just I'll just throw the story all the way out there. So I'd gotten back from Kuwait. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm I'm in the National Guard, so I was, and we'll get into my my military history too. So I got back from Kuwait and uh, restarting my my. Uh, film business backup, film production, video production, whatever you want to call it. And so I'm just drumming up work. I uh, just had my big wedding, just got married. And then- I'm sorry um, to hear that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm very happy. <laughs> I watch British baking shows and I thoroughly enjoy it <laughs> on Friday nights and it's amazing. That's exactly why I'm never doing that. But. <laughs> <laughs> you'll, you'll get there. <laughs> you'll get there. Uh and um, so I'm just trying to drum up work. So I'm looking at uh, veterans foundations and everything and, and doing uh, like doing some weddings and audio, visual, all that kind of stuff, gaffing. And uh, I'm at my brother's uh, in Camp Pendleton. Uh, he's still in the Marine Corps. So at Camp Pendleton, which was amazing to go back after. Uh, f- at that time, it was 14 years. Yeah, 14 years. I hadn't been back to SOI, infant school, uh, sorry, School of Infantry. Dude, that makes me feel so old. It, it was, yeah. I went- uh, in 2005 and it was awesome. We went, it was like, I didn't realize how long of a drive it was from Mainside to school of infantry, like from where my brother oh, lives. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, it was a 45 minute drive. And I had like my, my niece, my nephew, my mom, my dad. I'm like, yeah. okay. I thought it was a quick little turn and burn. It's funny. Yeah. Cause you have to go to, from, I was in San Mateo there yep. right outside San Clemente. Yep. And I had to drive back to uh Mainside when you, when you get out. Yeah. And the only time I was ever pulled over on base, I was going like 20 over, mm-hmm. going over that hill to go into Mainside. Mm-hmm. And the MP was so pissed at me. And he was like in the process of writing me a ticket. I'm like, I'm literally driving to get out. And he just looks at me and he takes the ticket and he crumples <laughs> it and he throws it at my face. It's like, get the fuck out of here. I was like, no problem, buddy. See yeah. Ya. That's like your last memory too. Like yeah. that's very Marine Corps. The fuck out of my, off yeah. my base. Like, yeah, don't worry about anything I've done. Like, Just get off my base. All right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Yeah, fitting. So we're there for Thanksgiving and uh, we're about to go do something. And I'm part of a, a Facebook group that was started by Parker Wallback. Um, I bought into it just to f- like figure out financials and how to build clients and stuff like that. And he does like courses on Adobe and editing and all stuff. But I, I bought it just so I could be like, 
I want to build my clients. I want to make the contracts are good to go. You know, everything's legit. Cause it's, you know, in video production, I'm sure you've dove into this a little bit too, looking with black rifle and working with vendors. Sometimes things get real sketched and real fast, like real fast, real quick. Like, especially when it starts to involve money and all stuff. So I just want to make sure my stuff was good. So, and, uh, so I see this giant rant, like, in full-time filmmaking, something about like, he, you know, it was, it was like, uh, you know, I'm a veteran and, uh, I've done all this stuff. You know, I work really hard, like quit being bitches about going after filmmaking and all this other stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> Oh, cool. Like, I was like, yeah, I agree. That's pretty, you know, right. you know? And so he goes, he's starting to go through and it's long. Like it's, I guess kept scrolling down. I'm like, all right, all right, cool, cool. You know? And, and at the very bottom, it was, uh, we're hiring people 15, it was like 15 position or something like that. It's like director, producer, video editor, remote editors, writers, everything. And I was like, Oh, cool. All right. You know, I'm like looking for work. And it literally, it said JT at blackriflecoffee.com. And I was like, Oh shit. Like, that's awesome. And so I immediately, like I, I stopped everything. I told my, like, we were about to get out the door. I was like, hold on stop. Like I'm going to, I got to shoot you. I shot JT, my reel and my resume. It made sure everything was up to date on my resume. And at the time I was like, Oh, I'll just, I'll do remote editing, you know, like, and you know, cause it's pretty easy to do. And yeah. then in my head, I'm like, if I get hired, then I'll try to do camera. And then if I go higher and then this and this, and, this, and I was like, okay, so that's what I thought in my head. I pursue you guys for like three months. You did. And- I remember watching your reel and <clears throat> you had like a bunch of hockey stuff on there. I'm like, what the fuck am I supposed to do with this? Like, why am I looking at this right now, Jared? But Jared is such a good people collector. He, he does that better than anybody I know. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, what's the back. So what was going on behind? Cause I, all I knew is I kept emailing you guys every two weeks and you would say, Hey, we're going to send you a media package. I was like, cool. And then it would switch and then switch and then switch. Yeah. I was, and then, yeah. You know, of course, typical Jared fashion, he didn't really give me any backstory to like, he just showed us a batch of reels all in one. Uh, And then I think he linked you up with me. Yeah. And that's when we started chatting and I was like, oh, okay. Like, Mm -hmm. why didn't you like lead with who you were and not this weird hockey reel that you're making me look (laughs) at? And I couldn't control it. That was, that was just on JT's hands. So that's the thing is like, I, cause I remember JT then calls me up cause it was like, all right, cool, cool. And then immediately I just get an email from JT. That's like, can you, you know, can you talk? And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. And then he calls me and I always say it's the JT, like, like super hyper rant. And he was like, I just started like machine gunning info to yep. me. And so it was like, yeah. So I was like, cool, cool, cool. And then uh, the last thing I remember him saying was, all right, we just want to fly you down to Texas, see if we like you. I was like, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. And then, Which, yeah. When, as we're going through this yeah. hiring process a ton, it's like, yeah. you know, you really can't go off of resumes or, yeah. Yeah. or even like a DD214. You, mm-hmm. you gotta, exactly, you gotta yeah. spend time with people before yeah. you pull the trigger yeah. on, on a hire. Yeah. And well, that was the thing though, like with my real, like you said, like the hockey, like what is, and like, for me, I don't know if it came across as like, I don't know what job title or what thing, but I was like, that's my cinematography director reel. So it's like, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. You know, it's like, what's the lighting look like? Does it look good? What's your, you know, all that stuff. And, and, uh, yeah. So it was, I thought it was funny. Like I said, JT had that conversation with him and then I talked to you yeah. right after that. And then it just evolved from there end up doing, well, COVID hit. So then that trip got canceled and then, or never, never came to fruition, I should say. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we, we brought you on to, uh, really 
take the helm on on what we call our our present series, yep. um, which for the audience we really have two different verticals or buckets within the present series. One is it's who we are, yep. which is uh, profile pieces that we do on people who are internal employees of the company. And then the the larger presents is uh, a, a larger uh, friends and family yeah. type series to where it's, uh, it's, it's both the same look and feel to everything. Um, but, but you're getting like the, the people that are entrenched within the company on the day-to-day operations. And then, and then the guys who are doing rad shit on the exterior and, and mm-hmm. living really epic lives. Yep. 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 And that's, yeah. Uh, in fact, you guys, we had done the commercial stuff too, the ready to drink yep. commercial spec, and then, uh, some other national ad commercials. And then the Tyler Merritt was the big, like final, like not nail in the coffin, but final like thing that was like, Hey, that was solid. So. Yeah. 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 And you know, it's, it's, it's something that I've gone through over the years, uh, like trying to find people who, who understand the, the military language from a visual standpoint. Mm -hmm. Um, and you really, for those things to be streamlined, you really need somebody who was in the military yeah. that understands. Cause I can't tell you the amount of times that I've been going through an edit and there's like uh, images of like a, a, a guy in the, the South African army marching straight legged uh, in where someone's talking about like Marine Corps boot camp or something yeah, yeah, like that. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. want to pull my I hair saw that out. In Evans one. He, there's an artillery, like they're shooting an artillery piece. And I was yeah. like, Evans not artillery. Yeah, <laughs> it looks but, cool, but you're, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So you're like, yeah, it's and with these visual yeah. montages of uh, the the lifestyle of being in the military, like there's so many different clips, and you have to analyze all that stuff. But yeah, having you as a guy who lived that life for a while and then got yeah. got into cinematography mm-hmm. and the the whole content scene, yep. It just made so much sense to get in there. And then the the Tyler Merritt piece, who's mm-hmm. uh, the CEO, founder of Nine Line Apparel and mm-hmm. the guy we got the coffee shop with, yeah. multiple coffee shops uh, soon here, um, w- was really just excited because it was like, e- even on that rough pass, it was yeah. like, oh, this guy get it. It's like, it was, it was such a relief to yeah. see. Well, I remember that was, that was a relief for me. You should have, I mean, like I talked to my wife and if you ever meet her, like, I was like, I think they're going to like this thing, you know, like for me, cause I was like this, cause he likes, like said, it's like my reputation's on the line. Like, this is like, what's going to either get me hired or not hired. Like at that, or at least I was thinking, you know, I'm like, I really need to deliver for the, for you guys. And so I was like really putting everything into it. And then, uh, I remember I shot it off to you and I remember gotten a text being like, awesome. And then you called me and you're like, dude, that was such a relief. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, and I'm like, all right, cool. Like, that was good to go. Yeah. And since yeah. then it's been really interesting and, you know, it's set a whole bunch as far as like, uh, oh, it's such a small world once you get into it. But it really is because mm-hmm. we didn't even figure it out until way later down the line after mm-hmm. we've had a few conversations that we actually went through the same scout sniper school, yeah, yeah. had the same instructors, mm-hmm. uh, which like, you know, you think about the probability of that, that being yeah. a thing. It's like, Oh shit. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. This guy's yeah. one of us. All right. Cool. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, it was cool. Cause when we finally met in June sidebar, I got my employment letter during the Minneapolis riots. I got activated for the national right. guard. So you were like, all right, cool. You get the employment letter. 
riots happened that next week. And I'm like, <laughs> and then, and then I got the, from HR I was like, Hey, you know, you're coming on. I was like, yeah. awesome. So yeah. I signed it on my cell phone while I was at the armory, like all ready to rock and roll and, and, uh, doing guard shifts over in, uh, the hospitals. <laughs> Which is a super good point. Like we yeah. have a ton of people who, who are still in the guard and, yeah. and, yeah. and kind of playing this, this dual role, mm-hmm. you know, Tears Simak being another one of those guys who's, um, uh, Sergeant Major there within 19th group. It was mm-hmm. like, yeah, <laughs> that guy is working, you know, at least like three full-time jobs. Oh yeah. In, in addition to, to doing black rifle stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it's, it's super cool to have, you know, those types of people yeah. still being a part of this thing. Mm-hmm. You, like it really adds to that authenticity yeah. of the brand, I think. Yeah, oh, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, like I said before, even like hopping on and getting into the company, it's awesome making those connections because even though like, like the chances of us knowing the same people are like in other companies are like, Oh, that's super rare. But when we hop on into like black rifle coffee, we all know each other in some way within like, it's kind of like, you know, it was it seven ways of Kevin Bacon or something like that. We know six degrees, six degrees. Yeah, yeah. Completely botched that. <laughs> that was uh six degrees of Kevin, but we all within a few people can be like, we know that person. I was with them here right. in this AO. And when we were talking, Smith, the guy that was a friend of mine in my scout sniper team trained you, correct? Yep. At yeah, at the same scout sniper schoolhouse that we went to. Yep. We had the same instructor, or I think Skinner was a chief scout at that point. Yep. And he was a like the whatever it was. He was one of the main instructors when I was there. Yep. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, it, it, it truly is. Yeah. It truly is. And yeah. uh, and then, you know, as we get further and further mm-hmm. hearing each other's backstories, it's just like, oh man, we got to, we got to, lay this podcast down yeah, and yeah, kind of told you about the, yeah. the old breed series here and what mm-hmm. we're trying to do. And, yep. um, you know, it's, it's just, it's something that I think is needed within the public sphere because mm-hmm. I, I think there is still a mass misconception as to how the public views, mm-hmm. uh, the military and what happens there and, and veterans in general, like there's this like, oh, you guys are broken. Uh, you need help. And it's yeah. like, yes, I know that you could come to that conclusion based off of what's going on at the VA, but the reality is actually much different than that. Yeah. And the the amount of people that haven't really had the opportunity to hear exactly what uh, individuals like us have gone through on this thing, like that hasn't been like overly popularized in, in books or in yeah. TV or, or in the movies. It's like, I, I think the public should hear about these stories from the people that, that live them and hear these yeah. experiences. Cause, um, part of the reason of, of doing the, the old breed podcast is to inspire young Americans to, uh, to take a look at the Marine Corps mm-hmm. and hear the stories about the guys who are a part of that organization and, and give them the ability to like make a little bit more educated decision about whether or not that's the path that they want to walk down in life. Absolutely. And I think too, that, uh, it's also too, it's awesome seeing veterans, like it's, it's a lot, like you said, the, 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 when people think of veterans, sometimes they're like, oh, they're broken or the VA, or you see them like on Instagram. So they, you know, and it's in, you know, they're, you know, which is awesome, especially in the veteran community, like putting, you know, all the inspirational stuff out there, like Jocko and uh, like Jack Carr writing books and stuff like that. But it's also like, you know, I don't have 20 or thousand or a hundred thousand followers. I have a hundred, you know, and for guys like, 
you know, like I got out, I went on and, and, you know, pursued the next goals in my life after you get out. And that's, I think it's cool for other veterans to like hear that too. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like awesome. Like I did my thing. I got out. I, you know, went off to do, start my own business or I went and start, you know, and, and I'm, you know, meeting the next goals in my life and moving on, you know, and like you yeah. always take that with right. you, that military mindset. Right. And I know. think a lot of guys get out and they're like, Oh, what do I do? Like, yeah. where do I go now? Yep. And you, you really don't understand that, uh, the military and the Marine Corps specifically like gave you all the tools yep. and everything that you need to be successful post-military. Yeah. Yep. You just have to switch your mindset over mm-hmm. and and understand how to apply the lessons learned. Because yep. sure, it's not being, being a, a grunt in the infantry isn't going to directly correlate to being a cinematographer, right? Yep. Like, you know, you could say being a combat camera guy would, but making that big transition, you, you don't see those connections, but the, the dedication to the craft, uh, troubleshooting everything, starting from the basis, you know, the Marine Corps is the least funded branch. Yep. So we come from this background of, you know, map and compass yep. and, and that being one example, but really just like you have to do more with less consistently. Exactly. Yep. And, and I think you can see that constantly, especially within black rifle, like the Marines that are now part of this company are, are dudes who, who can make do with almost nothing. Yeah. And, and just that one principle alone yep can allow you to be successful if properly applied. Exactly. And I was saying that, so that's what happened. Like when I got out was, excuse me, it was, you know, you have to apply all that stuff and into the next, whatever your next goal is. And so like, for me, I wasn't a lifer at all. Like I was, I, as soon as I got the boot camp, I couldn't wait for my EAS day. Like I was the infantry dude that, you know, like most of us were, was you, you knew exactly how many days it was to EAS. Yep. You could not wait to get, you know, you couldn't wait to get your DD-214. I would say that was a majority, like yeah, oh, yeah. 80 to 90% of guys. Yeah were on this four yep. year or eight year cycle yep. where they were counting down the days until they got out. Not, not that that's a bad thing, but no, like no, no, that was not, just, yeah. that, that's just the, the mindset of yep. most of the people. Exactly. And that's, and like, and that was the best part, not saying the best part of waiting for it, but it was of, of all the deployments that I did, it was, it was cool hearing what you were going to do when you got out. And it was still scary. Like, you know, like you're still like after four years when, especially when it's over, you're like, Oh, time rubber, you know, time for the, you know, rubber meet the road. Like it was, you know, I had applied for a ton of contracting jobs. I knew I wanted to pursue filmmaking eventually, but I set the goals that I wanted to hit and you're going to, you know, pursue those goals and whether you meet them or not, or move on to the next thing, or, you know, like I said, improvise, adapt, overcome. Like that's what we're always trained to do. And like I said, to to do more with less is, you know, it applies, especially in the Marine Corps, you get beat down so much and you know what it's like to, you know, be miserable. Like, and it always relates and it's pretty cool to finally come on and talk on a, bigger, you know, a big podcast to talk about how the misery for me translated into life and how that made my life better. And always remember how worse it could be every day. Like the sleep deprivation, the, your nerves are on fire, your stress levels are so high. Um, you know, and we, we will, you know, can dive into this, uh, you know, especially with the deployments of like, uh, coming on upon IEDs or having seen my squad get blown up by an IED and, and getting shot at and actually getting shot and getting hit with shrapnel and, and all this stuff like that, you know, 
it can always be worse, you know, especially when you get out and you hit like civilian life. For me, it was awesome. You survived, you've earned it. Enjoy, enjoy life. Like, you know, cause there's times like, I didn't think I was going to be coming back. And I always made promises to myself. I was like, if I ever make it back out, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And I'm going to do this. So when I got out, I did those things. Yeah. And you, you have this, it was, for me, it was an appreciation. And it was, I took those those memories. And I took those things that had happened and I, you push forward with it and it's always in the back of my mind, but at the same time, you know, it's like, all right, now I'm going to go and do contract. Now I'm going to go pursue filmmaking and that's going to be my life. You know, like that's the goals that I have set and, you know, and, and, you know, succeed or fail, you just keep pushing, you know? Yeah. One of the mottos in the scout sniper platoons is literally Suffer patiently. Yeah, patiently suffer. I love that. I I I, oh, I, love I do that. too. I do too because yeah. it, it's applicable in, in so many different things. Yeah. But uh, explaining something simply, which we're yeah. we're dumb Marines and we need everything broken down Barney style. But yep. but that one in particular, like, has really stuck with me because. Yeah. Regardless if you're in the military or or whatever sort of occupation you find yourself in. Mm-hmm it's going to be rough a majority of the time. Mm-hmm. And, but if you develop that mindset where you just embrace that yeah. and you, and you, you don't even just embrace it. Like you become comfortable with discomfort. Yep. Another one of those things that can really apply to an assortment of things across the board. Mm-hmm. And it's like, ah, like this suffering has light at the end of the tunnel. But I was looking up something. I came across this thing on the decelerate your life IG page the other day. Mm -hmm. And the comment sections was, was very uh, polarizing as far as the responses, but I want to get your take on this. Uh, And so what IG page is that? Sorry. Uh, decelerate your life. It's a, it's a meme page. And (laughs) I I don't know if this was Photoshopped or not. Like the, the comments are kind of across the board, but it it created a, an interesting dialogue conversation for me in my head. And I I think it's something worth talking about. And this is, you know, one of those death by PowerPoint slides Mm -hmm. and it is the air force. And it says, Just because you had it rough does not mean you need to inflict that mentality on subordinates. There's no pride to be had in suffering for the sake of suffering. Subordinates do not need to carry your burdens to have a high quality of work ethic. And I was, uh, I read this and I was like, that's horse shit. I literally, that is (laughs) the dumbest thing I've heard. I mean, like you have to suffer and and the experience carried on by our suffering to then make our junior suffer. But you, it's not... It's, it's for the, you're getting ready to go into combat. You can't be like, Hey, I went through that. You don't like those guys. Like when we went into my first deployment, that was insane. Like I look back on it and you know, it's, you, there's nothing that prepares you, prepares you for that. But I remember going to infantry school of how terrible it was. Like just this, cause you've never done it as a kid, right? You never were sleep deprived growing right. up until you joined the Marine Corps. You weren't, you were digging, you know, trenches and you're digging foxholes and you're, you know, you got to do a, a 1am, you know, assault. And it's not that big of a deal once you move on with your career, but I, all those, those are some of the, the, like being cold up on the alpha shelf yeah. in Pendleton, like them taking away our baby or our, uh, our, uh, 
Oh man, I'm so sorry. The uh, I'm blanking our uh, our blankets. Basically, it was uh, ponchos. Ponchos. They took away a poncho liner and they made a spoon seven deep. Yeah, and they, they gave did. us one. They gave us one poncho liner. They Not go here's butt, one, baby. Yep, yeah. it was. And I remember shivering so much that my back would would crack. You know, like how you can crack your spine. Yeah. I remember shivering. It got so tense, and then it would crack. And then because it was about like 40 degrees out, and there's still frost on the ground, and I'm like, okay, there's seven of us spooning together, and and those and I like. Honestly, I thank the instructors for doing that because I got to Iraq and we abs- we were on top of like just on top of hills and we were sleep deprived and it was cold because we got there in March and temperatures in Iraq drop. Like you think it's hot all the time. It's not. You can go hypothermic in, in Iraq, especially yeah. if you don't pack right. And we got there early on in March and that shit's cold. And yeah, so it's like not to talk highly of infantry school, but they made us suffer, which then helped us when, when I got right into my first deployment. Yeah. So yeah, that's bullshit. Yeah, yeah I, I think so too. And yeah. I, I look back, some of the the moments I revere most looking back on my experience were like when I was, that's all I was doing was suffering. Yeah. Like yeah. you think about the gilly break-in period yep, yep. when you're a pig and you got to go down to the pig pond and you, you're <laughs> running there Yep. and you, you arrive to this watering hole essentially is just filled with mud and shit and they're like <laughs> get in and you're like oh yep. no yep and then you go on a run after that and then you got a skull drag for a hundred yards yep. and then yep. you got to run again and then you got to get back in and then you got to skull drag again and mm-hmm. in the moment i probably wasn't too happy about it like i was just kind of probably blacking out and just getting through it but i yeah. look back on that and those are the moments that like make you and, yep. and, and going through that just has such a exponential benefit down the line yeah. to where it's regardless of what shit situation you're in, you're like, oh, I can, I can do this. Yep, exactly. it, it, it can be totally fine. Yeah. And I think it was, we might have to check on this, but the, I believe the army just came through and they got rid of uh, shark attacks in boot camp. Did you hear this? I didn't know. I mean, I didn't even heard about it, but uh, is that what's right, a shark Dave? attack? What's the shark attack? Was it the army? Yeah. So like when drill and like a group of drill instructors oh, will get okay, in your yeah, face yeah. at the same time, right? it, okay. a shark yeah. attack. Okay. Day, okay. So it's, it's, it's not overall, but, but day one, the army kinked like multiple instructors getting in your face, which is like, what? Yeah. Like that, that was like, that's just them yelling at you all the time. Yeah. 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 It's just like that. That's like the first step that should be on day one. It'd be like, welcome. Yeah. Welcome to the shit show. And if you can't handle three dudes yelling in your face, how are you going to be able to handle getting shot at while you're providing aid while also having to return fire? Yeah. Yeah. Also guys are shouting at you. Because you need to make decisions, yes, <laughs> you know, like, exactly. yeah, exactly. yeah, no, I, I agree. And, and I, that's, and that was a, that was an actual Air Force PowerPoint, but you, or was it a meme? Uh, you know, I don't want to say 100%. Okay. It's not a meme. It's, it's an, an image of, okay. a, it's a picture of a PowerPoint presentation. That actually looks, I mean, that looks, looks pretty real. It, it looks real. Yeah. Uh, but there were a couple of people saying that it was Photoshop. So who, who knows? Who, but who knows? I think it, yeah. I think it provides an interesting yeah. talking point yeah. and, and kind of spurs this yeah. mentality that, that we we think is valuable yeah. in order to be successful within and I, it. And honestly, you have to do that suffering. You have to go through that pain. Because I remember in sniper school, you, I mean, you gut your check yourself a lot. And I remember one of the, the biggest ones, I, it always sticks out in my mind. There's two of them. It was one, it was, we were in hell week. And 
I remember it was raining and we went to scout sniper school in Hawaii, which is the best scout sniper school. And, uh, and it was, it, it, it pisses rain all the time in Hawaii off and on. And the temperature drops, like it goes down to like 50, 60 degrees. And we were probably like day three, you're hungry, sleep deprived middle of the day, but it's like cloud cover. I remember. And it's just, just downpouring. We got 60, 70 pound rucks on. Mm -hmm. And I remember we were in this circle, we were doing some mission plan or not mission planning, but we were just, we we're taking a halt. And I remember just like I was back on my ruck and I'm looking up to the sky and it was just coming down on me. We're soaked and it's miserable. And I remember just thinking to myself, like, is this worth it? I remember internally be like, is this worth it? And immediately my answer was, this is completely worth it. And because you thought about like my friends were dating college girls in Hawaii, guess where they were? in a nice warm bed with a college girl, you know, where was everybody else there? You know, they got to sleep in, they got to do this. They're, they're at home with their family. They're at the movie theater. They're at the mall, not us. We're out patiently suffering, suffer, or sorry, you know, suffer patiently, patiently suffering. And that's like, it translates hard that are you willing to do this? And when you're alone, that's when it really counts. Like, is this worth it? I'm not going to quit. And I remember that distinctly asking myself that, like, is this worth it? And immediately in my head, I'm like, absolutely, this is worth it. And I'm, I'm glad to be sitting here in this misery because it only makes you better. Yeah. And that, you know, that's, for me, it's like this, you know, it's one of the chance. Like, this is what you asked for. And yeah, it is. Yeah, like, yeah. signed up to do this. Stuff, Absolutely. You know what I mean? There's a certain like sickening, I don't say sickening, but I get, I don't know if it's sickening or not, but there's a certain pride and enjoyment I get out of that. Yeah. Like in those moments, I remember being like, fuck yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, it's, I don't, I'm, I'm sure people are like, that's weird, you know, but there's some like, even when I'm rock running or when I go off and I'm doing my own stuff and I'm like, you're mile eight. And it's like, why are you doing that? And I'm just in your head. I'm like, yeah. you know, you just get that, like your teeth are green. You're like, I'm fucking doing this because I can. And because you're not going to, yeah. you know, or like you, other people won't, but I will. It makes you hard. Yeah. It, it makes it, you hard. Yeah. And then we've talked about it numerous times on that far away podcast before, but the, the vampire effect mm. when you're in the suck and somebody quits yeah. or, or, or somebody cashes it in and, and you're still going like you get energy because you're like, I'm fine. Yeah. That person just oh, quits. Yeah. So like it yeah. gives you power. It does. Right? It does. <laughs> yeah. It's sick, sick to your life. Even though sometimes your buddy, you're like, dude, don't quit. You know, but yeah. the, a little bit in your head, you're like, yeah, cause I'm still here and I'm doing just fine. Yeah. And other people are quitting around me. And in, in sniper school, I think we had, we had 12 guys from my unit go through just from my unit, not for, you know, 12 guys in the whole class, but 12 guys from my unit, four of us graduated. So eight dudes dropped and I'm going to just like, say we were talking about, what you was know, your overall attrition rate? I think it was 60%. Yeah. I think I know Skinner was happy about it, <laughs> which yeah. is like, he's good. He it said was, something like, yeah, we made our attrition rate number. Yeah. And if he was happy, we were like, you're sick, but yeah. okay. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. You, yeah. I want to say mine was 14 out of the 31 that showed up. Dropped. Or 14 graduated. Graduated. Yeah, I yeah. think ours was kind of the same way yeah. too. I think it was 60. I might be wrong. I'd have to ask uh, Skinner, but yeah. I don't know if you remember, but I do remember him being very happy about the the uh, the dropout rate. Yeah. So um, so what was that thing, um, backtracking a little bit, uh, 
why why did you decide to join? Okay, yeah, yeah. So we can we can jump into this. So um both my grandparents were Marines. Um okay. my uh grandpa Nago, he died actually when I was in second grade. So it was I was really young. I do remember him his the Marine Corps tattoo on his forearm. Yeah. I didn't know what it was at the time, but I always remember him like, what is this up with this globe and ink, you know, whatever. And um, he died when I was really young, but he actually fought. He was a Marine that fought on the USS Lexington in the Pacific in World War II. And he would he told my dad like war stories and stuff like that. And it sucks that he died so early because it would have been awesome to like go in the Marine Corps and you know have take him back to Pendleton and sure. all that stuff. And and um, side note, I, I we found his stuff. After I got out and I'm an idiot, we like literally gone through and had seen it, but never like dove into his like as his, uh, his uh, knickknacks and stuff that he had. He had a, this book, Marine Corps book from World War II. And we'd kind of paged through it. After I got out, we looked, he was in Hawaii and there was the pink hotel that's in Hawaii yeah. and the same beach that me and my Marine friends were on and um, um, not Pyramid Rock. It's, uh, I always forget it. Anyways, but you can see it in the background and like, and Waikiki Beach. And I'm like, why didn't we recreate the same shot? You know, and this was years after I got out. Anyways, yeah. so it was cool seeing all those photos. But then my, uh, my on my mom's side, Grandpa Allen was in uh, Korean War. So he was, I believe, infantry. And then he could type. So I ended up becoming a typist. But then he ended up driving the general around in and off the battlefields. So he was like still in some action when that was like happening. And he was in Korea for a little bit. And he was a quiet dude. And, uh, so that kind of influenced me. And then, um, growing up, I always like, just, I always had this fascination with the military. So I just, I always wanted to join and the Marines were like, you know, you know, that, that type of mentality, like they're the best. And so even, even everyone you talk to is like, oh, they're a Marine. Like, you know, people like join the army and they're like, oh, they joined the army. But it was like the Marines, like, oh, he was a Marine. Like that was always special. And that's, it's still to this day is that way. Like people, oh, he's a, he's a Marine, you know? And, um, so when I was younger, um, I always wanted to join the Marine Corps and then I went into wrestling and this kind of plays a big key part of my life. So I have to send you the photo. We can post it up or whatever. Um, I was like 320 pounds as like a, as a seventh grader, like a little heavyweight. Oh, it's huge, huge, just like, and so I ended up joining wrestling. Uh, I'd wrestled as a kid and then I was an athletic fat kid though. It was weird. Like I, even at that weight, I still outran guys at football practice. It was fuck. It was weird. So, but, um, I was super fat though. Anyway, so I joined wrestling in eighth grade and I ended up losing like about 60, 70 pounds in like four months. And that like completely like changed everything. And I really embraced the goal setting and the discipline that wrestling had. And, uh, so in wrestling, we had this saying was if you want to be the best, then you go where the best are. So if you want to wrestle, if you want to go to the, to be a state champ or you want to get to state, then you go where the state champs and where the state contenders are. You go to the, like the wrestling camps, you go all this stuff. So I really took that to heart, especially with like goal setting. So that was something that we did like early on. That's something I've been doing since I was 13 was like you, we wrote out 50 to hundred goals every single summer. And then you would, you would plot out which ones were one year, three year, five year and 10 year goals. And so you just repeat that constantly. Yeah. And so my goal was to become a Marine like to join the Marine Corps and that discipline and that like cutting weight and all that stuff. Like, you know, you want to be the best then go where the yeah, best played are. Right into that. Yeah. Sure. And so play yeah, exactly played right into it. And Marine Corps infantry is the best infantry that there is. Like you cannot argue that, you know, per none, like, yeah, you have Rangers or whatever, but you know, Marine Corps infantry, 
you know, the mentality that comes behind it. It's almost not even like it's the training, but it's just the mentality that just you get, that gets beat into you. Um, once we, you know, got into infantry training, but I wanted to join. So I literally, you know, I was, you know, nine 11 happened my freshman year in high school. And it was always in the back of my mind. We went out to USC film school, my junior year to like, check it out. Wasn't a fan, but I still was building my own computers, doing my own short films in high school. That was definitely my life's passion. I got, I was fortunate enough to know that that's what I wanted to do. Um, senior year came around and, you know, it, Iraq war had kicked off. And so I was like, or in my sophomore year and it was still going on. And so I went to the recruiter, you know, didn't tell my parents, like I showed up, uh, and yeah, I was like, uh, I want to join the Marine Corps. And they were like, Oh, Oh, okay. I was just a walk-in. And, um, so I didn't sign anything cause I couldn't cause I was 17. My parents freaked out. They knew I'd wanted to, but they like freaked out, like, don't ever go in there without us you know, you don't want you signing anything yeah. or, you know, so they came in, you know, went through maps, signed, and then, uh, you know, signed up for, uh, infantry. And I was like, I want to leave July of 05. I want to enjoy my senior year. Don't talk to me until we literally have to get on that plane to go into boot camp. Yeah. So that was my, that's the reason why I joined is kind of like a lineage, but also it was, you know, from a young age is if you want to be the best, then go where the best are. And, and so it kind of, in the Marine Corps, you know, happen to be at least even way I think of it, they still are the best of the best, especially when it comes to infantry. That's anything else you can argue. But to me, infantry, I will always take pride in the fact that I'm a Marine Corps infantryman at, at all. You know, that takes precedence over everything. Yeah. And yeah. did you do a pump as a 0311 yeah. before you did the sniper in doc? Yep, absolutely. So I, I'll go through that too. So I got to, I went in July of 05, Came, uh, graduate boot camp October of 05, literally went right into infantry school. And this was like back in the day where they had a huge influx of guys coming in. So like there was a bunch of dudes joining and they couldn't train them fast enough. So we were at receiving and there was like four or 500 people like waiting, like to go into infantry school. So I was one of the first classes where they're like, we're bursting at the seams. We have to like train these guys. Otherwise it's going to keep building and building and we can't train them fast enough. So immediately they, uh, Delta, I was Delta company. They graduated that day and they typically wait a week for the instructors to like pick up, pick up the next class, I believe. And immediately they graduated, they walked down and picked us all up like 400 dudes and just went straight up into the barracks. There was like overflow barracks. There was, you know, they took up every single rack that we could and they, so they could get everyone trained up. So then I graduated in January. Um, they, I think they dropped it from, I don't know if they Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't, depending on what cycle you're in. Um, we did like six and a half to eight weeks or something like that of training. And then um, graduated January 5th of 06, got my orders. They were for uh, 3rd Battalion, 3rd Marines, all luck, straight up my last name, Nagel. That's it. There's It went all the way through. It was came to um, a few M's, Monomayor, my buddy Monty, a few others, Nagel and Nelson. And like, there's 10 of, just 10 of us. And we were like, we looked at the the sheet. I was like, what the, what the hell is, you know, like three, three, like, we we're like, that's not East or West coast. And then we, we knew that there wasn't any infantry in like Okinawa, there's the recon, but we were like, there's no infantry battalions. And, and so then we go to the instructor and the instructor is like, ah, oh, he laughed at us. He goes, you'll never see combat. He goes, you're going to Hawaii. They've never seen any. He goes, you'll be boots for the rest of your career. Yeah. Which like, and you know this, you're like, if you're infantry and you're a boot, 
dude, that like, that just sinks your heart. Like you're like, oh my God, like I'm not going to do the job that I joined to do for the next four years in a miserable like branch already. Like it's already miserable. <laughs> yeah. It's already shitty that we're there. It's like just even more shittier that you're like, oh great. And I'm going to spend the next four years not going into combat, not, you know, and in my head, like I wanted to prove myself it was weird. Like you said, this kind of goes back to wrestling or going back into that mentality of like, honestly, another big part of the reason why I joined is like the war was going on. And I, you know, I maybe it's cause I'm a, a, a movie or, a, you know, I like screenwriting or, or just reading books and stuff like that and, and reading history. And you kind of want to, I, I wanted to prove myself in combat and the opportunity was there. Like, you know, it's like the ultimate test of man, like is war. Like that's, that's, that's it. You know, like you have life, you have other things, but like, absolutely, th that's what you wanted. And that's what I wanted to do. I'm like, can I hold up? Can I do the job? And in, in, even in like infantry school, like I was watching a movie and I like, I had a fucking panic attack. Like it was, I was like, oh, like I started freaking out. I was watching like Tiger, some Vietnam movie, which is like the worst movie to, to watch. Like oh, yeah, if you, you want to like you start psych getting, yourself out. Yeah. You start yeah. getting closer and closer yeah. to that reality. Of like, and can I pull the trigger? Am I going to get my people killed? You know, like you don't think about it too much, but if you get your mind too wrapped up into it and I was watching like a, a movie and it was absolutely all about that. And I was like, Oh, it's a good movie. And, and like, and I started like freaking out, like, you know, and I remember telling myself, don't be a bitch. And then I calmed down. I was like, okay, cool. Like literally I was like, don't be a bitch. And then that was it. So anyways, uh, um, yeah. So, and, uh, so I graduated January of 05 my, our instructors laughed at us. We're like, fuck. So, okay. So we fly to Hawaii, we get our tickets, we get to the terminal and the staff, sorry, I won't forget. I don't know why his arms were so big. He had the, the biggest, like he was tiny, but as he was like juicing and only did buys and tries, like that was it. Like sure. they were, they were just, there was, yeah, it makes sense. It was huge. And I was, I just remember like, this is weird. But, um, so he came walking up to us and we were like, all right, well, this is it. We're going to get hazed for the next three years and never go, go into combat. I'm going to be on a stupid float to the, like, you know, to the Philippines or, you know, I'm never going to see combat. And immediately he goes, you boys ready for a fight? And we're like, oh yeah. He goes, all right, good. Get your shit. You're leaving in 60 days. And I were like, oh, oh my God, this is great. You know? So we're like, where are we going? He's like, Iraq. So I was like, Awesome. And immediately, so we ended up finding out when I got to my unit, we were the last 10 people to backfill like the little onesies, twosies. So they were stacked. So it come to find out my guy, my, my team leaders, they were Afghan vets in 04. Um, they had done their, I think their first was a float and then they did Afghanistan. So their third uh, Marine regiment did Afghanistan before they went to Iraq. And then there's a few, I think uh, two, three or one, three end up going to Fallujah battles when they were in, on the Mew or something yeah. like that. And then, uh, yeah, so we get there and they're stacked, man. Like we were stacked. Uh, squad all the way through, like thir 13 deep, four, four, you know, three teams, four, four man fire teams, squad leader, corpsman, the whole gamut. And uh, we get there and they outfit us and all this stuff. And even my team leader, I was pretty happy about this. He's like, he goes, we're not going to haze you. He goes, we don't have time to haze you. We got to train you up. I was like, awesome. We're not going to get hazed. <laughs> we still got hazed, but it wasn't, wasn't nearly as bad as like my buddies who had been there for eight months getting their shit kicked in. Right. And yeah, there's no time. Yeah. There's no time to there's haze. There's no time for going to war. And so, uh, it was, it was like, we sat down in like the room and it was like surreal. Like, it's like that feeling, like it doesn't leave you. And I'm sure you have it too. It's like, oh my, this is it. This is what we're doing. Like you're, it's like, it's this weird, like, especially cause I was so young, I was 18 
and, and it's right out the gate. And so I was in Iraq by March of 06. So within seven, eight months from leaving for boot camp, I was on ground in Iraq and I was super boot, like super, super boot. Uh, we were, there's only one other dude who was literally, there's one guy from, I think the East coast that backfilled India company the week before we left. So it was us 10. We got back from, uh, vacation or pre-deployment leave. And then, cause they, they're like, so I was home like four times within like, like probably five months. So everybody was like, why are you home? Like I kept coming yeah, home, yeah. came home in October. And then I came home for Christmas cause we, cause it was over the Christmas season. So we got to go home and then came back a month later for pre-deployment leave. And people were like, I thought you said you weren't <laughs> going to be here. Yeah. And I kept coming home. And then that was my, yeah. So we deployed, went into the Haditha triad. I was in Barwana. And, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was, I was an 0311 private, you know, PF, private PFC Lance Corporal that, you know, picked up Lance Corporal my last month there. Uh, you know, a gunner, whatever you want to say, you know, and, and yeah, it was, it was rough. Like it was, 06 was rough. Yeah. We have another guy who, yeah. uh, was in Haditha and yeah. Who was it? Uh, Justin Governale. Okay. I'll talk to him. What year was he there? Uh, I want to say it was 05, 06. Okay, so he around the same time frame. Third Marines, or is he a different? No, he was he was a West Coast guy. Okay, so he might have been three one. Yeah, yeah, yep. we relieved three one, I believe. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we were in this, and that, like I said that was like that first deployment really like set the tone, like misery, pain, emotional, physical, the whole gamut. Um, we were getting hit with IEDs, dismounted and mounted. I felt bad for our mobile guys. Like those guys are like, I mean, like there was, we were wired tight. They were wired tight because everyone was getting hit with IEDs on the main MSRs, which is a, a main supply route for those, for the acronyms. So it's the main, main road. And then we were getting hit with dismounted IEDs. So it was wild because you you turn so many corners. So they would place them and then they would see what, like as soon as we turn a corner, all they have to do is connect it. And then- so yep. that happened and mortars. So we ended up getting zeroed in with 120 millimeter mortars. Um, and so we were getting blasted constantly and then they blew up our fuel farm. They ended up uh, taking out like a bunch of our vehicles and tires and stuff like that. And like, and so every, I don't know, it's like every day or every few days we would just get blasted by 120. So they would hit our posts. They would hit like, uh, like the worst is it actually we went, we were doing a, a, a gear check. And then, uh, you know, the mortars started coming in, they started hitting. So we ran into our room. I turned around and everybody's in the doorway. So I literally like turn around, see that I go for the door to shut it. And a mortar blast shoots right through our door, it hits three of our guys. There's, you know, they're all wounded. Thought one of them was dead right away. The blast like threw me back into the room and then, yeah, did our teacher. Which from a, yeah psychological standpoint. That was my room. I slept right there. Yeah. My buddy's <clears throat> blood was literally a foot away from where I slept. Yeah. Yeah. Cover. I mean like the whole room was in dust. It was, it was wild. Yeah. yeah. You, yeah. you want to have that, that space that you can go back to at yeah. least where, where you feel like you can turn it off yeah. a little bit. Yeah. And when the enemy takes that away, oh. yeah, it, it messes with your head a little bit. Well, and, was, and, it, and it kind of like, Oh, okay. So now it's yeah. on 24 seven. And that's what I'm saying is like, that's why that first deployment, I was just a grunt. Like I wasn't anybody special, but that was like, 
those really, that, that deployment really resonates with me because we were, we never turned it off. And so, um, you know, when you are in the situation of act or you're in action or reaction or, you know, all that stuff of like, okay, I can turn it off. Like, especially around a big base, you're protected. You never have to stand post. You go hit a house, you come back, you turn it off. You can turn it off because you don't have to go on post. You're protected. You know, typically you got good chow. You're not at that level for so long. We were at that heightened level of stress and completely reacting to the situations we're in because we're either getting shot at by snipers, we're getting blown up by IEDs, or when we're at in our FOB, we're worried about getting blown up by mortar rounds. And you know, that really stayed with me, you know, like, and we were, I just remember being so like, your nerves are on fire. Like everyone's at their throats by like month four, five, yeah. six. Like I remember getting into it with like another team leader, like we're yelling at each other. And then like, like, I remember, this is another memory I had. I remember like we had, we had ice, ice barely came to us. So that was another thing too. We had, we were always drinking just piss hot water because we had nowhere to stick it, but outside. And, you know, so you're drinking like hundred degree water, you know, those, those, you know, big bottles. I can't remember how, you know, how many gallons or ounces they were. And then, um, uh, I stuck my hand once like in there's it's ice. I was like, awesome. There's some Gatorades, you know, maybe some Gatorades. And I'm like, I remember like, like, emotionally telling myself, like, don't break down if there's no Gatorade. Don't break down if there's <laughs> yeah. no Gatorade. And we had just come off a of patrol, you know? And I'm like, I like reach my hand into it. And I was like, you know, I can hear the ice going and there's no Gatorades, man. And I just wanted to like punch my like fist through the wall and like just start screaming at everybody like in the yeah. shower hall because I'm like, we came off patrol. You drank all the fucking Gatorade, you yeah. know? No, that's for the guys on patrol. Assholes. Yeah, you know, not for the cooks, not for you fobs, you know, or not for the fobbits. And um, yeah, so, which there wasn't much of because everybody was out patrolling with the exception of like a few guys. But yeah, so that that was my first pump. And that was like eye opener, you know, like everybody, you know, stereotypical, everybody's wives or girlfriends left them, everything, you know, it's like you go through that real hard emotional mentality. Like, so it didn't end when, you know, when it, when we left, it was still there. And not only was it still there, we wanted like, you know, uh, a good friend of mine was killed a week before we left. And then our last guy was killed on, I knew him. I wasn't super close with him, but I knew him from map section and he died the, like the last patrol out. And, um, and then, uh, I think it was one, three came in and they got they got three or two and two, three got came in and they got hammered. And, um, yeah, so though that, that was like, that was pre-surge. And, um, you know, so I came back and we all came back, like ready to go back. Like we volunteered to extend. Like, so that's that again, mentality. Like we were ready to stay another seven months with two, three yeah. To be like, hey, we want to keep fighting. And literally our first sergeant is like, absolutely not. <laughs> you guys <laughs> yeah. are fucking out of your minds yeah. right now. And um, so, yeah, came back. And uh, again, go, if you want to be the best, go to the best R. So I came back, you know, everyone broke up with their girlfriends. The same thing happened to me, you know, like, and so we get back from leave and a week later it's Christmas. I'm sorry, not Christmas. Jesus. It's a uh, Thanksgiving like weekend or I think it was or something like that. And the sniper platoon was like, Hey, we're going to do our end doc right away, which was the funniest, most painful in because no one had trained for, I mean, we trained slightly for it, but everyone's coming off pre or post deployment leave. So everybody's been drinking or like just, 
doing whatever. Yeah. And it was. And, and then I'm sure you didn't really get a chance to do oh, yeah. much and PT in it, yeah. country either. Exactly. Like that was the thing too, is we were like, oh, we get jacked. I, no way. We didn't have one. We didn't barely have a gym. So you're, and you're not sure shit ain't running. There wasn't a fucking treadmill. It was mostly just weights and you didn't have the energy to like, we all lost an insane amount of weight and you either wanted to sleep or eat and that's it. And we'd watch movies. You're trying to decompress, but you can't. And, um, yeah. So we came back from, uh, leave, they ran the indoc, and then, um, you know, went through all that. I think it was like three days, you know, did the ruck runs, did the, the, you know, O course, we did PFT, we did the land nav. Ironically, I like, I really love land. Like I'm good at land nav and I, I, I'm like really sick about, I love it. Like if it's like, Hey, you got to go two, two, three clicks to get, I'm like, I love, I don't know why. Like, I just love land nav. So I was actually like good, really good. Yeah. It was, I'm weird. Like I, I like throwing the ruck. I was like, Oh, this is fun. You know, like again, misery, like, Oh, this is cool. I got a ruck on and I'm going through the forest trying to find a point. Like, I don't know why I just, I love it. So, um, did well land nav, did everything else. Like I ended up dropping like, I think like 10 or 12 pounds, like just from the weekends because yeah. we were just going, going, going. And, uh, yeah. So they gave me a shot. Actually, it was actually really cool. They, um, I was busting my ass. I was one of the best ruck runners out there again. Like, and this is for like a lot of people, I think we'll eventually talk about like kids joining. Like I'm a fat kid. Like I'm not a stud. I don't have a six pack. I'm not, you know, I'm not the three, I'm not a 300 PF tier. I got close a few times, I, but I have to work my ass off. I, I joined the Marine Corps and I suck at pull-ups, but I could run six minute miles. So that was like my saving grace was my platoon sergeant before we deployed, I could do like five pull-ups, right? Like I sucked at it. Nobody taught me how to do it. I'd never really lifted that way, but he was like, you better run like a, you know, an 18 minute mile or something like that. I was like, okay. And I took off and I beat like everybody, but like five people in my platoon. I came in at like 1920 and he was like, oh, okay. Like, you're in shape when you're running three mile, a three mile in 1920, they're like, you're not out of shape. You just suck at pull-ups. Yeah. So it was nice for him to identify that. And I'm like, I don't know how to do this. You tell me to do the pull-up bar and I suck and I do it and I don't get better. And then finally somebody helped me with it. You know, before sniper, I went to sniper school. I ended up jumping my pull-ups up yeah. a lot. But, and, and that's something you see across the board in the Marine Corps is yeah. there's those guys, you know, you got the physically strong guys and yeah. then you got the mentally strong guys yeah. and, and the mentally strong guys may not be good at doing yeah. a PFT or a physical fitness test. But like when you're doing a 10 mile death march in the middle yeah. of the night on no sleep and no food, like they, yep. they're able to turn it on. And the same thing in combat, like yep. a, a few oh, yeah. of those guys that you would never assume mm -hmm. would be hyper efficient in that scenario oh, yeah. are like in their element. Exactly. Yeah. And I always say that with people, it's like, you know, granted, you got to have a standard of what you run as a PFT, but I was like 300 PFTs were never, especially like right away, I learned like 300 PFTs were never, uh, the ultimate indicator for they're the best Marine. Cause I saw this, I saw people break, just absolutely break after like three, four miles. What are you doing? What are we, you know, how, how far are we rock running? And it was like, you throw that on. Yeah. It's all mental. Oh, it's all mental. It's all you know? Mental. And like, that was my thing too. I love rock running too. And like, and I'm a weirdo and uh, I was one of the best rock runners that, you know, just speed and all that stuff. But when you can't eat, if you can't handle that, like, God, I remember guys just breaking down. They're just like losing their mind. I gotta eat. I gotta eat. And they're like, you know, trying to like dig shit out of the ground that like old units have like old MREs that they threw away and because they couldn't focus on the mission. You know, it's like, and I remember doing that. I'm like, I'm fine. You know, it was like that mentality, like, oh, you're breaking. Yeah. I'm not. The, yeah, the vampire. And, you know, and so anyways, but um, 
Yeah. So I tried out for sniper platoon, busted my ass. They gave me a shot. They're like, Hey, you got 30 days, you know, um, you know, bust your ass and then we'll either keep you platoon or if you're lucky enough, go to sniper school. And as you know, like Marine Corps scout snipers, like that's like, you can't sign a contract to go do that. There's no guarantee that one, you'll either get to school or you'll graduate school or you'll even get into platoon. Yeah. Well, that's what I loved about it was yeah, like, absolutely. it was kind of this, this underground thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, it's super well-respected though. Like yes, among, it is. even among soft units, like when I got eventually got attached to like SF team, they, I was in charge of their snipers. Like they're like that. Oh, you're a scout sniper because that comes with like a weight. It's like a Marine. Well, like, yeah, you, you can't, know, you can't sign up for that MOS. Yeah. Yeah. Bef- when you walk into a recruiter, you, just just about any MOS you you can yeah, get a even contract recon, for. Like recon, you can yeah. get a contract. You yeah. cannot get a contract to be a scout sniper. You, yep. you have to go yep. earn it. Yeah, it's awesome because it's either you have it or you don't, and it doesn't matter how high speed you think you are or where you come from. You will fail if you don't get it. You fail. Like there, uh, I believe it was the class after mine had seals go through and they failed. Like I believe I want to say that they failed. I know my buddy that they were there. And even my buddy was like, we had to carry their rucks. And so it, it like equalizes things out, you know, like you're like, and so when we, when I got to eventually later on my career, you're, you know, that carries weight, you know, it just does. It's like being a Marine infantryman, it carries weight. Like, you know, when you go to, a arm, to the army or army units, they're like, oh, you know, as much as they bust your balls, they like the fact that you're there. Cause they're like, these guys are animals. Like they will like level everything in sight and we can trust mm-hmm. them to do that and come and get us if something goes wrong. And that's like a respect, but it's also like they, that's the mentality like within the, in the, in the, in the military. And, uh, so anyway, so yeah, so I, uh, you know, I was just like, blown. it was surreal. Like it was so, Oh my God, they're going to give me a shot. They're going to give me a shot. So literally, you know, post deployment, like depression, I just, I literally, you know, all that shit that's going through my head, like all the stuff I was dealing with, I just focused it all on my goal to become a scout sniper. That was my one shot in my life. I didn't have, you know, cause guys can go back sometimes if you're lucky. I was like, that's it. It's all I get. I get one shot. I can't fuck this up. So I buried everything I had into it. I'd never went out. I think I drank once with my friends. Like that was it. And it was like early on. I think that was in the sip. And, uh, one time, and I think that was celebration because I made the platoon. That was it. And then we jumped into uh, training. I stu- I knew that I knew the sniper pub like publication. I knew front to back. We took all the tests like two times over. So I you know I knew you know Marine Corps Scout sniper the you know uh, definitions. We knew everything. Um, and I just poured my heart and soul into it. And then I got was lucky enough to get the shot to go. And yeah. And then went through school. School is excuse me, was, you know, tough Skinner. So, you know, he makes sure it was tough. Yeah. <laughs> Did you go sure. through in the summer? Winter? No, I would know. I got through the winter. winter. So I got, it's like Hawaii temperatures don't change too much, but it's a little cooler. It rains more. So it's like, pick your poison, yeah. like heat or humidity and heat. Like, you know, so I don't, yeah. when did you go through? It's, you went it's, to I went in the summer. Yeah. It's miserable either It's way. so miserable. Cause even like winter, dude, I remember like, it was like 85, 90 in the, even like in, especially in the stock, I almost went down in the stock lane. Like I remember coming off a of stock lane and I went, I beeline past Skinner. He was like yelling at us. And I was like, and I, cause I didn't want to pass out. I didn't want to be a, a heat case. So I literally like beeline to the water and he was like kind of yelling at us and then started yelling at me. He's like, Oh, I'll get everyone get over here. You know? And I was like, and I like grabbed the water and I just ignored him. And I, so, so sorry. So I could get some water and, and blast it. Cause I was like this close yeah. to like just dropping down. 
But yeah, I mean, it was it yes. was miserable, but it was fun. Yes, yeah. stalking was hotter, but it was a little bit easier mm-hmm. than the the stalking I did in in Camp Pendleton. Yeah, in California, just just because there's so much more vegetation, oh, awesome. it, yeah. it, it's it's a yeah. little bit easier yeah. there. But I like I I didn't go. Obviously, I have never seen the stocklands, but I've seen them on TV, like surviving the cut stuff. And I'm like, oh, yeah, those were all my boots. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, Gillen. He yep. was a, I, he was in one of my, or was in our sister team. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, I served with him in Iraq. Yeah. Which, yep. uh, since, since you brought that up, I think, um, you know, the, I think that's the only documented, uh, showcase of the scout sniper school. There's one other one that's super old from like the nineties. Is there? There is. There's like one more. Is it a, like a network? It was, it was like a discovery channel, but it was like, it's the only one. It was like maybe yeah. history channel or something. That's it. But surviving the cut though is the only one that's updated and it came out and yeah, Gillen, I was like, what the Gillen's on there. And yeah. he's like yelling at the, all the pigs and stuff. I was yeah. Like, Cause yeah, I, was, I went yeah. those, or I had a, a, a group of boots from, um, Two five that were in there, and yeah. then I went to the team leaders course with all those guys. Okay. Right after. So you were part of that team, le- or because they split stuff up. I remember because I was I had all the training, like we did all the op board, we did all the team leader stuff, and we can jump into that later. But yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, yeah, yeah. So I think they split up the yeah. the the original course. Yeah. yeah so yeah. it was, I think they they actually added on to the the team leader portion of it. So okay. it was a little bit longer than the. One single one that, that yeah. you went through. Because I think we went through and it was 10 or 11 weeks and it encompassed everything. Like it was the old school regimental schools. We got the full gamut. Yep. Um, but yeah, so I went through, poured my heart and soul into it. Got a bunch of stories from that too, from like sniper school. And and uh, that was, it was, it was awesome like graduating. And like I said, you know, you don't, and Skinner actually said this to us. It was really cool. And I, like I said, I always take it to heart where, you know, he said, Hey, you have what it takes. He goes, everyone else that showed up, they ran better PFTs. They, you know, they were the shit hot Marines. And, you know, and these guys that I serve with, I'm not, 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 you know, this, someone went back and then became scout snipers later, but that like 12 of us went from my unit, four of us graduated, which it doesn't, in the end, it doesn't matter. Us four were the ones that had it to become a scout sniper. You know, and like, so that was like a lot of pride that I took, you know, and my, like I said, my friends came back and like, they graduated the next class and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it was just like, holy shit, now I'm a scout sniper. And that was like, again, surreal. And it was just, I mean, this is stuff I'd never planned to do in the military. In fact, I even like went to the recruiter and I was like, you guys have those like two year contracts. And, <laughs> yeah. and the recruiter goes, this isn't Vietnam. And I'm like, dude, I'm a kid. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like, like, like expect me to know. Like, you know, I just want to, initially I was like, I just want to go do my combat tour and then like come back and be done and like go to film school and stuff and, uh, and whatnot. And, um, so yeah, it was like, I'd never, you know, never once was, I was like, oh, I need to be a sniper. I want to be a Leo, whatever. But in our indoc uh, um, interview, you know, they're like, why do you want to be here? And I s- said the same thing I said to you. It's, I want to go, you know, I want to be the best. So I want to go where the best is. And, and the best in the battalion is Scout Sniper Platoon, yeah. you know? And uh, so, yeah. So we went to, uh, after that, um, we went. Did you have anybody that prior to taking the indoc, like, kind of was in your ear about maybe that is something that you should pursue? No. Um, so we did missions with, uh, uh, actually it was my, my future team leader and good friend of mine. He was attached to Lima company. 
the sniper or they would do missions with Lima company. Um, and so we'd go out with the snipers and like hold security for them. Yeah. And I'd, I'd ask, I'd be like, Hey, what's it take to be a sniper? He's like, Oh, I'll do this, this, and this. But no one was ever like, you'll be a really good sniper. <laughs> like yeah. I was the last one to be like, you know what, Nagel, you should become a sniper. <laughs> like I was, you know, I wasn't some like, you know, there's people that were meritoriously promoted over me in my squad platoon. There are guys that ran, again, higher PFTs that, you know, I think I performed pretty well in a combat situation, but you know, we all had our strengths and weaknesses and stuff like that. So that no one was like, you need to go to school. You know, you, you, your skills will be really good in this, you know, yeah. scout snipers. Um, but again, though, that was just my mentality. And so I had a, you know, and uh, uh, actually it was my, me, me and my friend Bullmeyer went to go try out and our friend that was killed, Ryan, uh, Ryan Miller, he wanted to go with us. So it was us three that were training to go. And sadly he died before we got back. And so we went through, I made it. Um, Bullmeyer went on to become a squad leader in the, in our old platoon. And uh, yeah. And it was just one of those things where it's, yeah, it, again, like I'm the fat kid. Like, you know, it was funny because Skinner he goes, he goes, I didn't think it was you four that were going to make it. 20. I mean, he goes, you the fat kid. And I was like, all right. And yeah. then he, and he looked at the other kid. He's like, this kid, he kept making, he tried to get Astro to quit. And there was time when like, Astro would look at us. He's like, do I belong here, man? Like, like talk to us. I was like, yeah, dude, he's fucking with you. Just keep going. He's like, okay, cool, cool. Like, he's like, he's like, am I doing bad? I'm like, no, you're not doing bad. He's fucking with you. Keep going. You well, know? Yeah. I and, think it's such an important point because yeah. it, it just solidifies the fact that it, it, it doesn't matter what your genetics are. The most oh, yeah. important weapon that you have is, is your mind. Exactly. Yep, and if absolutely. you hone that thing mm -hmm. and, and know when to shut it off and say, no, I'm not listening to you right now. Like yep. shut up legs, yep. shut up fatigue. Mm -hmm. We're getting through this. Exactly. Um, and, and you do see that like after you get into that sniper community, the people who have, whittled down and made it like it's a really fucking awesome group of dudes yeah it was by far the most fun i had yep. like I, I enjoyed every second i'm so glad that i made that yep. decision yeah yeah and that's the thing is like getting into that platoon and also being a part of that brotherhood it's one be marine corps infantry brotherhood it's another to jump go to that that into the marine corps scout sniper brotherhood because even like army snipers like yeah we're snipers but like as soon as you're like marine corps scout sniper they're like oh my buddy or whatever, whoever. And you, it's a, such a small community. I mean, it's smaller than most soft units are. I mean, I, you know, like I remember one time they talked about how many were actually active and you're like, Holy shit. Like that's yeah, like, we're really a part of something super special. Like even recon, we'd bust recons balls. We're like, what do you guys do? Like you just, you go in and you look at shit. Like you can't even pull a trigger. And they were like, we can do more than that. And we're like, <laughs> no, nah, like we do your job. Like what's your, you know, so we, we like mess with them. Like you're worthless. Like we do what you do and more. So what, you know, just to like, just fuck with them. It's like, why'd you go to recon school? <laughs> You know, but, um, um, yeah. And, uh, and being a part of that community and like, and again, like going where the best are and like, now it's cool being in that community of guys. Like, what did you do after, you know, or like, you know, run into a bunch of scout snipers that were contracting or, you know, that were running courses or doing whatever. And, and, um, and you know, that it just, it's like, it's, yeah, it's just cool to be a part of that. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, after that, I, we went, we were part of the surge, the surge kicked off. So we ended up moving our deployment up and, uh, we redeployed within, see, we got back in September. I think it was September of, Oh, no, it wasn't. It was October of Oh six. And then I remember we deployed like, it was like July 30th of Oh seven. So we were back at again within like eight, nine months. So I went through scout sniper school, had some time off, went right into CACs, you know, which was, 
brutal. That was that was probably the worst experience I had in the military. It was like oh, was I'll, I'll was second that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was like it's just like the stress level. It was terrible. It was hot. Like, which is the yeah. the combined arms exercise. Yeah, combined which arms is exercise. Yep, yep. Typically out in twenty nine palms, uh, which is I yep. like to affectionately refer to it as the devil's asshole. Yeah, it is. Yeah, um, absolutely. Which even getting wa- water was a, a dangerous activity because it was so dry and hot that there were thousands of bees at every source of water oh, God, that yeah. you would go to. We had we were with Lima Company and we were overwatching them doing like you know they're like can't remember. What range it was how shitty my memory is they're doing that big range and they didn't even like they started and then they stopped we're like why are they stopping so we're like trying to like are they keep going to keep going and like they just killed the whole exercise so like this big exercise that we were supposed to be doing like you know like we get evaluated for we're like i don't know they stopped they had so many heat cases they had to medevac people out and they just killed it (laughs) so they never ran the lane (laughs) so we just like we were supposed to call in some bombs and do some cool shit and they just it just never happened because they're like the whole company's done they're like combat in effect (laughs) so they yeah i don't even know how they like remedied it but we were like okay and then we like we went to do our own training. The so. corpsmen have run out of silver bullets, so <laughs> yeah. uh, we have to cancel all of our exactly. training. Yeah. IVs are dry. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah, then we end up going to the Fallujah provinces, and we were based out of Camp Fallujah, and we worked Karma, Zaydan, and Omar over there. Yeah. yeah so, so um, from a tactics standpoint during that surge, were you, did you find yourself kind of operating independently or did you become embedded with uh, the squads and, and their patrols? So we did, no, we worked independently for the first few months. Um, uh, it was kind of like, I mean, if we were like doing the leave behinds tactics, you know, like we go in and start, yep. squad would leave, overwatching certain areas. We pushed into uh, Lahib, I remember. That was a big push with tanks and recon we did. Um, but there was action the first like month or two we were there and it was wild. Like it just kind of like turned off like the winter and you, we didn't even have like a tier one IED site. Like we couldn't even like, you couldn't find anybody to kill. Like in, at least in our AO, like it just shut down. Cause they started doing that, all the Al Ambar awakening and stuff where they just started paying. Yeah. We started paying them more than like these insurgents could like the locals. So then we did have issues with like the local, uh, God, what would they, we call them? They're like the local security force. I'm pretty sure we got shot at by them, uh, during a few ins- like inserts, um, and, uh, yeah, that was, that was fun. And, um, yeah, so it was, it was, it wasn't as crazy as the first deployment was. And it's not as crazy in general cause you're in snipers now. So like, you know, you're talking about, uh, you know, uh, react, you know, being, you know, on offense or defense and you're all, you know, like when you're infantry ground pounding, you know, just patrolling, you're on defense all the time. Are you going to turn the corner? Am I going to get shot by a sniper? You're always like, your stress levels are so high. Well, now we're like on the offense. Now we get to, we're the ones that get to sneak in during the night. We're the ones that you don't know we're there. And there's some, it was some cool, cool shit that like, I don't know if you guys ever did it, but we'd send our guys in to the top. We'd like, they'd strip down and they'd clear a house, a whole home, get down to the bottom, open their gate and be like, no good. Cool. Pick up this. And we'd move in the, the family would never know we were there. Yep. And there's a few times where it was pretty cool that we'd go in and then my team leader, I remember seeing him do it, like goes to the mail of the house. We clear the house before they wake up. We set up, he goes to the, to the head of the household, like puts his mouth, you know, hand over his mouth. It's like, Shh, and the guy wakes up and he's like, Shh. and like, that was like some 
that was rad. Like, you're just like, this is high speed. And then we're like, your family stays here. They go down here. You come, cause they didn't, they didn't know, obviously at the time we didn't want to know how big our force was like, Hey, do we have five, six guys on the roof? Right. Or do we, you know, all that, it's those type of tactics. Yeah. But it was yeah, cool. You're, yeah. you're hunting. Yeah. You're hunting. It, exactly. It, it's yeah. a switch yep. uh, from the traditional type, uh, you know, movement to contact. Exactly. You're, yeah. you're of this different mindset, which yep. I think if you had to kind of surmise uh, the scout sniper profession is like, you're a hunter. Yeah, exactly. You're yeah, a hunter of gunmen. You're a hog. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And that's uh, and we were in that mentality, and that's just a different mentality to be in. So it was awesome being in that mentality and operating in that mentality. Um, and then cooled down. Um, you know, didn't see much action, and then we we boogied out in uh, February of '08. So that was like, there wasn't too, anything too exciting other than just filling a bunch of roles. Like I really learned the leadership aspect in Sniper Platoon. So like, that was like a big takeaway. So I was doing the like 60 slides on PowerPoint. No shit. That was our mission planning, like yeah. our upward. So we would present that to the battalion commander every single mission. Like they got really anal because we were the first unit. I believe we were the first unit to come back with no one getting killed. Like in Iraq, it was three, three and um, like not even stupid shit, you know, like some somebody ran someone over on accident or something like that. And, um, so yeah. And, uh, so I really took on that aspect of like leadership being, you know, I was, uh, a, I was radio operator, assistant team leader on the team leader. And then, um, yeah, just learned all those skills, got really, really good at PowerPoint. Also, I think, I think my buddy, Tommy, uh, he was like, yeah, I don't want to do this. So I'm just going to, Ethan's one is motivated. We'll hand it off to him. You be the A <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you, yeah, you take the mission and then we'll do, you know, or you take the mission planning. And so, uh, yeah, so we got back, did that. And then, um, uh, Afghanistan really started popping off. So yeah. that was 08. And, um, yeah, so that was my, my brother called me up. He was a, co he's a combat engineer. Uh, and he's like, Hey man, I'm going to Afghanistan. What do you know about Afghanistan? And I told him, I remember this day I said, you're never going to see any action in Afghanistan. There's nothing in Afghanistan. You're going to be a boot the rest of your career. And he was pissed because he was like, oh man, I want to go to Iraq. I want to try to get some action. And uh, I, everyone was ignorant of it unless you had been there or, you know, or, or were aware of what was going on. And um, he ended up going with 1-6 in 08 and did the Hellman push. And just they, those guys were fucking ripping it.